going on in here well i told you we're remodeling closets i knew this was going to happen eventually but not so soon come on it's a new year time to start over plus we need more room for all your nasty construction boots Uh, you mean stiletto heels whatever they take up a lot of space imelda so what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet well um we're gonna have more student voice regular guest editorials what about the music and the insightful investigative reporting um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. You are not Dan Burns. Oh, I am not. I am David Meinzler. But David will do. Yes. I'm sorry. Hello. Hi, David. Hi, Gabe. How you doing? Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's another beautiful Wednesday. Do you know what our engineer, Alex, just did for me? Uh, do I want to know? Oh, he just brought in some cake from the lobby. There's the, some the cake z- out in the, the lobby. Ziploc bag? There's a Ziploc bag of <laughs> chocolate cake. <laughs> so at a station like WCBN... Um, <laughs> It's always nice to receive Did you ever live in a food. co-op? I didn't. They call it guff. The cake is called guff? No, 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 no. Not the cake, but in general. Like, guff is a food that is, like, free reign. Like, mm. anyone can eat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, oh, look, it, you know. Hey, mm-hmm. whose cake is that? Oh, oh, it's, f- oh it's, it's guff. It's for everybody. Yeah. So That's, it's for everybody. So in with, this, yeah. um, it could have associated risks. Right. It feels moist. We're going to watch our engineer's face over the next 30 minutes to see how he, how he does. He looks seems like he's to doing, be doing okay. Fine, yeah. yeah. So how's your week, sir? Well, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, let's let's play. Uh, what's the, what's the game I like to play? H W Y W. How was your week? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember what we've been talking. It's been the ongoing saga about my rainbow uh-huh, tag on my uh-huh. luggage. Well, finally, a mail flight attendant saw my suitcase, saw and, the tag, and said, "And well, he didn't come right out to it. He was kind of like, <laughs> he didn't come right out. No, well, he didn't. <laughs> he, he, he didn't. He he uh, he kind of uh, was, you know." In the closet about it? Yeah. He was just careful the way he approached me because he, he noticed, he, he said he, he noticed it. And, uh, and actually, we, he turned out to, uh, he turned out to be family. Oh, and, um, and we, uh, we had a lot of fun together. We just, ha- I think we had more fun because he and I, we knew we're from the same club. Excellent. Yeah, it, wor- it worked out. Finally, someone no- takes notice. And so, so, and I, you know, we have this collective friendship going on. So now. did he breach the subject or did you? Um, well, I guess, I don't remember how it happened, but it, we were just kind of chatting and talking, and it was, I was, I mean, my gaydar was going off, like, bing, 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 like, like I could tell. Nice. And he, I don't know if he could tell with me, but, uh, <laughs> you probably you know, could. Well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> he is. He's SAG. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so it worked out really well. It was really cool, and so we just I think we had more fun because we kind of we knew that we were part of a fellowship. And, the fellowship uh, of the yeah, and and ring. all that, and so we you know we were together for like a two or three day trip, and uh, the uh, my other coworker wasn't able to go out with us anytime, and so he uh, this flight attendant and and I just kind of hung out and we went to restaurants and you know did our thing. It was nice, fun. really fun. nice. It's kind of what fun. city was this in? Well, we were in um, Nashville and we were in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, fun. Yeah, so it was really cool. And uh, again, it's just nice when you're out at work and you're with fellow people of, you know, your same interests. Family. Just kind of, yeah, family. It's just nice. People in the chorus. Yeah. And then the other interesting thing I did last night is I went to St. Mary's uh, Church mm-hmm. on East William here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The Catholic Church. Yes. Uh-huh. And they have a ministry an outreach to lesbians and mm-hmm. gays one spirit right that they there's two groups one group is a group for parishioners and their friends and the other group is for students so i went to the parishioner group and it's uh the third tuesday of every month uh at uh, seven o'clock to eight thirty, and it was very nice you know and this is something this group and this type of support is something which the catholic church in general is, um, they're not particularly famous for it, are they? They're n- well, they're going to probably the the Roman Catholic Church would probably frown on it, and uh, fortunately, uh, this local church here, this student parish, is taking a aggressive stand, essentially by, uh, I, I guess I guess it's I don't know if they're necessarily going against Catholic doctrine because they're not they're not like uh, they're not handing out brochures on how to be gay and what they're doing is they're they're practicing ministry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're saying that gays and lesbians are people who are welcome in our parish that's what they're essentially saying with their group and that's really important i think the group's been trying they've been meeting for a while now and it really is it, it waxes and wanes in terms of membership but i think it's an awesome group um romolo right uh, Deacon Romola yeah. was the head of the group, uh, a gentleman. And what we what we essentially did was we kind of met each other, and um, we read through some articles. There were some uh, gay and lesbian um, articles in a local publication, and we read through that and we discussed it, and that was it. Awesome. Yeah, it was really nice. And um, again, more fellowship, and a nice breath of fresh air having it come from. The Catholic Church. Were you raised Catholic? I was. Oh. Yeah. As was I. Yeah. And uh, I'm a member of the choir. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, so it's just and it's just oh, nice I've to see so this. Many out of, drugs okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just nice to see this out of, out of St. Mary's, and good for them. They are they are clearly leaders in the Catholic community as far as that type of outreach. Definitely, um, yeah. And at least in this area. And it's great because, you know, there are so many affirming faith ministries in the Ann Arbor area. It's good to see St. Mary's, um, you know, um, providing a safe space for people who live at the intersection of their faith life as Catholics. Well, they, you know, and yeah. as, as LGBT people, right? They are a student parish. It's how mm-hmm. they identify themselves, and that's who they, that's, that's their main focus because they're right in the center of Ann Arbor with the University of Michigan. Um, and there are other colleges and, and universities in the area also, and, uh, and, and they all can get addressed. So it's just really nice, and I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I'd never been to the group before, and I went down with, with a friend of mine, 
And if you'd like more information about the group, you can contact Pat Waters or Sister Catherine Morgan at 734-665-0557 here in Ann Arbor. And uh, they're also on the web, the, the church is on the web at uh, org. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Really nice. And that was my week. And so it's been, it's been a good week. Awesome. Yeah. What well, about you? Well, um, the week started out pretty good because University of Michigan won last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they trounced on the Fighting Irish. I so heard that about was it. Nice. That yeah. was nice. Um, so really, the, the test will be this coming week against Penn State. Mm. Big Ten team. I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's exciting. That was exciting for me, yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when you watch football games and you're like participating in the in the fandom, mm-hmm. uh, do you like dress up in a football uniform and, I and, don't. and have a football that you kind of chuck around in the living room? And um, no, um, usually I go over to a friend's house mm-hmm. and our dogs will play and mm-hmm. be crazy, mm-hmm. and um, we'll hop between like being in the living room and the kitchen. That's cool. And, yeah, yeah, more it's fellowship. Fun. And I and actually the 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 folks that I do watch the games with are all gay as well. That's and that's another great way to socialize, uh-huh. isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. It, it, it's a lot of fun, and we play long. There games. is a gay football team. There is. Yes. You're absolutely right. In the area, I, f- I forgot the name. Panthers. Of them. Yes. Yes. And in fact, they had a game last night. I should have uh, called my friend to get a report on how the, how it went. But oh, you're uh, not a cheerleader for them. I was. Well, I was at the meeting last night. Ah, yeah. right. So uh, we're gonna get. We're gonna. Do they you... play other gay teams? Not necessarily. No, they, can, they were playing a straight team last night. Um, so I'm interested to know who won. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll give you update information on that as the weeks continue during football season, and uh, and we'll get some on this on the scene recordings and stuff. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd yeah. be fun. That'd be fun. The other thing was the Emmys were this week. Oh, were they? Well, this is another thing David doesn't care I about. I just didn't. <laughs> He's like, sports and pop culture. Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the thing about the Emmys is they censored a lot of it this year. Oh. I don't know if you heard. Do you know who Kathy Griffin is? So she has this show. She tends to be a little borderline offensive, but very funny. She's very gay friendly. Is it a... What kind of show is it? Tell me about it. Kathy Griffin. It's a reality TV show. She's okay. a comedian. Okay. okay? So All she right. has this, this show called um, My Life on the D-List. Oh, yeah, I've seen a few minutes of that. Sure. The commercial. I have. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so she won an Emmy. And she went up when she was receiving her Emmy. She said, um, a lot of people come up here and think Jesus. But I don't think, I'm not going to think Jesus because he had the least to do with this Emmy. And this Emmy Mm -hmm. is my God now. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. so it was a pre-recorded show. So they totally edited her out. And there was a big brouhaha about her saying that. So there was that. And Sally Field. Mm Mm-hmm. So she also won, and they censored her, too. Wow. Because um, she said, you know, if mothers ran this country, there wouldn't be any bleep bleep wars. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm like, wow, Sally Field, mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. I love her. Well, you know what? It's interesting. We're going to see uh, a lot of political issues with um, seeping into these, yeah, it's, these it's gonna forums, be right? It's going to be it's going to be fun. It is award season and, coming uh, up, and and you know, by, by them pre-recording that show, that really gives them an ability to affect the entire program and really shape it the way they want. Unfortunately, and, uh, yeah, I it think. is bad. It is bad. It would have been uh, if they'd been live. There still would have been a delay, and they could have cut stuff out, but not as not as well as right. Um, if they can just, but you it's know, Sally shape Field, yeah, famous actress. Wasn't she the flying nun? think she was. was yeah so yeah. anyway yeah so uh that's it's been a great week for i guess yeah us both of us mm-hmm. yeah and uh dan will be back with us i'm thinking next week absolutely i expect 
We and miss you, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Uh, you're listening to Closet for Clothes. We're going to, in, a, in just a moment, uh, hear an on-the-road segment uh, during my travels. I've recently traveled to Columbus. We'll talk about that. And then after that, a little bit of music. And then we're going to talk about marriage. Gay marriage. Wah, wah, wah. All right. But first, I was in Columbus, Ohio recently, and I visited with a gentleman named Val Pennington, who owns Barth Galleries. And we talked first about, uh, you know, what kind of art would be gay art, what kind of frames would be, uh, would, would gay people maybe select, and what, how, would, how would gay framing be different from straight framing, because that's part of his business. And then his other part of his business is his gallery. And then he's been a longtime resident of Columbus, Ohio. And Columbus is actually a very interesting city. It uh, turns out that Columbus is the largest city in Ohio. Really? It is. And it's got a population of some 730,000. And it's the 15th largest city in the nation. And it's a very... In Ohio? Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, and um, and it's a very gay-friendly town, and it's a very um, colorful town, and a lot of people might not expect that from a state capital. Uh, clearly. Yeah. I mean, and I've never been. It's by sharp contrast to Lansing here in right. Michigan, it's, I, uh, which is not a very gay-friendly town, and it's not a very, uh, I wouldn't call it as colorful as, let's say, Ann Arbor, but uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so this is my On the Road segment, and this is my uh, chat with Mr. Pennington. Your location here, and you said this is your second store that you've owned? Yeah. I'm here in Columbus, Clintonville, Ohio, and we're at the Barth Galleries, and I'm here with the uh, proprietor, the owner, the director, Val Pennington. Hello. Hello. Uh, I thought what we would do is we would talk a little bit about gay art, gay choices. This is such a very gay town, right? Very gay. Very gay. You have uh, you have gay clients I mean, uh, more than more than straight clients. Not as not as many now as when I had my first shop, mm -hmm. but a different a different neighborhood also. How long have you been in business? I've been doing custom framing since 1980. So along the framing, you also essentially have a gallery here yeah. and different kinds of works. And are these your works, or do you have other people's other art? artists. I don't do any artwork anymore. Just the frame. What would be a gay frame? I'm not sure if there's... I don't know if there's a good, a good definition for that. Um, because gay... What? In the 50s, gay may have been something really ornate. But gay today can be as as varied as as gay people, very modern, very high tech, or very Victorian. Let's look. At, let's let's consider con, uh, conservative framing versus liberal frame designs. How would you describe a liberal frame design? What would it look like? You're talking politically. No, I'm just talking. talking I'm talking visually, aesthetically. Yeah. Probably more fun. Maybe something more fun, less inclined to fit with, with uh, a traditional uh, feeling. Whereas conservative would be either something that um, fits with the living room, fits with the furniture. Um, How important is a frame to a picture? Very, very or a drawing important. or an artwork, or any piece of artwork. Yes, uh, a bad frame can ruin the best piece of artwork. It's kind of like a hairstyle, isn't it? Very much so. And now yeah. how it, it, it seems to shape the personality 
of the artwork. So that if you have, a, let's say, a black frame that's just a single piece of wood and maybe it's uh, a painted black oak yeah. versus, versus something that's gold with ornaments on it, something like that, it totally can change the whole color of the art. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, if a frame sets, can set the mood of how you perceive the artwork. If it's, if it's very contemporary and modern, no matter what the image is, you kind of approach it from that. You know, you're, it's kind of like teaching you how to, to look at the artwork. I mean, for example, I had, I had a, a customer in this morning brought in two very contemporary mixed media pieces that are very light with two really large, heavy black frames on them. Now, mixed media means what? Uh, could be pencil. Airbrush, watercolor, uh, it's more than one. If someone says a pencil drawing, then you figure everything's pencil drawing. Mixed media is referring to usually two or more methods of, of creating the image. Can you describe for me yeah. how, um, how a gay person might choose a frame and what they might be looking for versus a straight person? Do you see any differences in, in those types of customers? Only in, only in sometimes the gay customer may be willing to, may be less worried about the final cost. Really? Okay. So you, there seems to be less, there seems to be more uh, available income or something. Well, there's they, fewer they, dependents. They, they care more about the art maybe, you know, or they care more about the style and something looks. Well, it, it's probably a combination, but a lot of times it's uh, fewer dependents. I mean, a gay couple, there's two of them, they usually both work. So they probably have more expendable income. Whereas uh, a straight couple may come in, they may also have three kids. Uh, so they're going to be more con conscious about the cost. Because I have gay customers that don't want to spend anything on framing too. So. Yeah. But you talk them into maybe this needs to have this, this would really well, look better Well, I, I try this. to get at least to where it looks right. I'm not really mean. I try to work with people's budgets. I always ask them, what can you afford? Better them to tell me than feel uncomfortable. Right, and then for you to spend 20 minutes talking about a framing package, and when then they say, oh, that's too much, and then yeah. you start all I mean, over I, again. I think I need to work yeah. with anybody's budget, regardless of gay or straight. Okay. We're standing in front of a wall of frame corners, and the frame corners are arranged in different shades of color, different types of wood. Uh, some are ornamented uh, or carving uh, have carvings on them, others are smooth, some of a rough finish, lots of different kinds. How would you describe the, the choices that a gay person might make for framing or, or that you might recommend? Sexual preference has nothing to do with it. Gay people come with as, as a variety of taste. All right, let's say we were going we we to frame, we were gonna frame a drawing of Michelangelo's statue of David. Well, if it was an original drawing and not a copy, you would want to treat it with a little respect, so you'd probably use something with a French gilding. What does that mean? Uh, hand, hand gold leaf, a, a frame that is uh, hand leafed with uh, gold, real gold. Wow. Um, Sounds expensive. Well, but a Michelangelo drawing yeah. is probably more than I'll ever make in my lifetime. So. <laughs> Oh, but well, it depends on. It doesn't even have to be by him. I mean, it could have been yeah, somebody but it else's also, it also depends of it. on. But it also depends on the customer's uh, home and where they're going to put it. I mean, you can frame 
an antique drawing to fit into a contemporary, a contemporary home doesn't... I like to frame to the period, but I like even better to make sure that when the customer gets at home, it fits in their environment. So, yeah, it has to fit the space right, too. So a lot of consideration really has to go into and, the, and the right kind of frame. And there's also personal taste. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, customers who don't like ornate frames, mm -hmm. gay and straight. So you kind of have to try to take the piece of artwork and, you know, create, create, create a surround that fits the customer's taste and lifestyle, too. Now, let's say I had a, uh, a drawing or some type of a lithograph of a uh, leather motorcycle rider scene, like, uh, let's say, a whole bunch of dikes on a bikes. Mm -hmm. How would that, how kind of frame would, would go with that type of an image? Probably contemporary. I mean, either black metal, uh, some, again, this would, the image sounds um, very, very contemporary. Um, I mean, yeah, probably do something either in stainless steel mm. or So something black. that would sort of match the, the subject matter, yeah. such and as the a feel, motorcycle. Yeah, and then also the feel of the piece, mm -hmm. the feelings you get from the piece. Do you have frames that are, let's say, leather-covered? I don't, like, like, but there are, there, are there, are, like there are frames on the market. I think I might have some that mimic the finish of leather. And certainly you have, we have wood and metal. Are there yeah. other products that are used or materials used to make frames? Plastic, formica, you know, but the, but again, it's usually aluminum. Formica is used for a lot of color frames, now but most of them are would wood. Would a gay person ever want a plastic frame? That seems kind of. Well, uh, they might for a poster. Seems like it seems like fake flowers. I mean, it's sort yeah, of. Yeah, but sometimes you get posters that you want to have fun with it, and you're not trying to make it look like it's a work of art. You make you you say I wanted this in my house because it's fun. So we're walking back now toward the rear gallery, and as we walk through, there's different uh, tables full of uh, sculptures and uh, uh, different kinds of paintings. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about Michelangelo's David. I know I mentioned mm -hmm. it a little bit when we talked about framing something, but would you describe that as a gay piece of art? Not necessarily. I mean, in, in some, it may be considered, quote, a gay icon. But if you take the historical period, I wouldn't necessarily say it was gay. I mean, in, except for the fact that it's a pretty cut guy. But then maybe I should take that back because Michelangelo had both male and he had at least one male lover and one female lover. During the Renaissance, there was a, there was a, a, a glorification of the human, the human figure, harking back to the to Greeks. So even though it's, it is a biblical subject, given the fact that Michelangelo has been said to be gay, in some ways it might be gay in that he was visualizing his ideals. How was it received when it was produced? Uh, very well. Val Pennington from Barth Galleries will continue with the second, pa second half of that interview in just a moment. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes. Jam 
second store that you've owned? Yeah. How has Columbus changed as far as uh, the gay lesbian population? I think Columbus probably has the second highest gay population in numbers in the Midwest outside Chicago. It's always been, even when I came out in the early 70s, uh, while it was scary, it still has always been a middle-of-the-road city in, in the way it approached uh, homosexuals. You know? Why does it have such a large population of gays? Why come here? I think it's a pretty easy city. It's, it's being the fact that a lot of the large employers, you have a lot of universities, you have a lot, most of the large employers are service-related industries or corporations, um, and that will draw a lot of, you know, the gay population work in those areas. And then like any, like any, any state in the country, People always gravitate to the capital, whether you're from a little town in Michigan or a little town in Ohio. Well, I'll tell you, they don't gravitate to Lansing. <laughs> well, I've been to Lansing, so I used... they don't gravitate there. I mean, oh. they just go there for the parades. If okay. Been. So, it, you know. I'll speak about Ohio then. <laughs> well, but, but there's a natural inclination yeah. to go to the the largest city where you think there's more opportunity, and sometimes a way to disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, depending on where you are uh, uh, in being gay and accepting your own homosexuality. Well, as far as cities in Ohio go, is this one of the nicer cities? I think so. You, Cincinnati used to be a pretty, pretty open city. It seems like it's gotten more conservative. Um, but Columbus is all, ever since I can remember, Columbus is, and this is since 70s, it's always been pretty receptive. I'm not, there have been incidents that have happened that weren't, but for the most part, it's, it's always been pretty, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road city. I've always thought of it that way. Now, did you once you go know, to one of the early, how long have there been pride marches in, in Columbus? This is the, this last one in June was the 26th. So have you been to all of them? No, um, probably been to, let's say, 19 of them. That's pretty good. You know, I didn't make it to the first one. My partner at the time did go to the first one. And at the time when the first one happened, it was kind of like, oh, there's something happened down downtown and a bunch of gay people are going to be marching and on and on. And, and uh, my... Can you, just, can you describe the scene of the second one? Well, I remember that the number of protesters outnumbered the people in the parade, and it was scary. And uh, how were they protesting? Uh, so this, this would have been... Carrying Oh, how did the, years you mean ago? the people protesting the parade? Yeah. Well, there were signs, people were lined up carrying signs, even then saying, you know, homosexuals should die, gas them. We've all heard it before, and we heard it all then. And yelling, a lot of yelling, some, some attempts at physical violence. But uh, I, it was one of the times when I did kind of appreciate the Columbus police. They they protected you. Their, their attitude was we had applied for a permit, and their job was to make sure we got that parade 
And were they, and they were, were they professional? Very professional. I remember them lining up, joining arms, and kind of like we walked between a corridor of policemen. And it, it, so the protesting was so bad that you really needed to have a police presence well, sort of guarding you. We kind of felt that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, uh, that was the, that, I know that was the feeling we all got. We were scared, but we were also excited. Mm -hmm. And were the you people know. in the parade and celebrating or attending with people out back then, like they might be Oh, today? sure. I mean, when you were out back then, you were out because it was a political act. It wasn't just a matter of personal acceptance. Mm -hmm. And you kind of felt like, I know when I came out, it was like everybody had to know because for then, for me at that time, it was important as politically and personally. But I think a lot of I think a lot of um, gay people in the late 60s, early 70s felt the same way. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we, we, this is right after Stonewall. You had sexual liberation. You had the whole feeling in the 70s of we were going to change the world. And we thought we were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, so, and then we were also young. I think so. Has the world changed? I think it's changed. And I mean, um, when I think of how the parade was, then, and the very fact that this last year's parade, half the floats were, were uh, what, paid for by national corporations, uh, you know you've kind of succeeded when Chase Bank and Nationwide and all these companies want to be eager to say this, is, uh, this was paid for by us. And they want to do that because they want the gay, they money. Want gay money. They want gay money. They want gay money. The one thing we've, we may not have had a lot, but we've always had a lot of expendable income. Mm -hmm. And how have the, how's the ratio of protesters to marchers changed? A lot, a lot less. I mean, what they say this year, the average is about 100,000 people gathering in Columbus for the gay pride events. Mm -hmm. Compared to what was it for number I two? can remember the, for the second year, I think maybe... There were maybe a hundred people in the parade, and uh, and five hundred people protesting us having wow. the parade. You wow. know, and so there have been a lot. Of, the fact that the fact that a lot of gay people don't even bother going to the parade, not because they don't care, but they just don't think it's as important, shows its success. What do you if think? That makes any sense. I was upset that I didn't make it till the last one because I didn't. I didn't get my act together enough to close the shop. I think it's I don't I think it's important. I still think being there and reminding people we're we're citizens is important. I like I one of my employees is also gay or the employee I have is gay. We've talked a lot about gay history since in the last month. And um and then when I look at the last twenty six years, there's been a lot of I remember the first year there were high school kids forming, you know, groups in, in the parade. I couldn't have imagined that in the 70s. On one hand, part of me wants, to, wants the younger generation to, to know the changes and appreciate them. But on the other hand, I'm glad they don't have to, to go through it either. They don't have to go through the struggle that you had. You yeah, know, to, and, the, and they shouldn't maybe have to. Maybe witness the violence that you had, too. Yeah. Because that just, that's, the, that, that's a backward step. Yeah, so, and, and, and and I also don't feel that they have to, to quote, accord me or anyone else in my generation any gratitude. We did what we had to do because that's what we had to do then. 
I didn't go around to the people in the 50s and thank them for what they did. You know, they should just move forward. Val Pennington of the Barth Gallery, Columbus and Clintonville, Ohio. Thank you very much. Thank you. A selection from On the Road. I happened to be in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, interviewed uh, Mr. Pennington. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, in that second that second half, he, he talked on a couple of points. First of all, the recognition of the work our elders did. Absolutely. What do you think? I mean, You know, talking uh, how, about how he was scared in that second pride parade, right? That's right. Really... And, and that was a pretty long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, and there have certainly been gay people through all, uh, throughout all of history, but they didn't start marching in the streets for That's right. independence and uh, recognition and respect mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. until the late 60s, probably. Uh, and it's been a growing movement, but uh, initially for the 70s and 80s and maybe the 90s, but don't you think it's kind of been dwindling off and people are getting kind of blasé about it? Well, I think that definitely, you know, the the impact is definitely differing than... You know, Pride Parade specifically, I think, you know. Um, I remember going to my first Pride Parade, and it was an election year. Mm. And I was surprised to see how many politicians were there veeing for the gay vote. Um, And this this wasn't even national politics, but it was local regional. Uh, And this was in St. Louis, Missouri, you know, in the Midwest. And I think that, um, you know, maybe, you know, I really believe that some of the original... Um, the original u- the original utility of the gay pride parade was about this out open queerness visibility thing, and I'm not sure that it's there anymore. Or if it's there, it's a different sort of high schools like Pioneer High School here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh-huh. and also Huron and uh, community and community mm-hmm. high, and possibly even charter schools. They most of them have some type of a, a gay straight alliance or yeah. some type mm-hmm. of a similar group. At the time that he was going to his initial those initial pride parades, there was no such thing. No way. And mm-hmm. if you were in high school and you were gay or lesbian and you needed some kind of fellowship, like we've talked about, or some kind of um, uh, just recognition for being somebody normal and, if anything, more talented and more skilled than your straight, <laughs> <laughs> straight counterparts. There wasn't anything there for them. No, you know, you saying that gives me, like, really good... Um, it reminds me of when I um, talk to... Sometimes I talk to different people about Brokeback Mountain, you know, the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. Seen I've okay. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it twice. Right. So um, it's funny because it affects different, you know... Specifically gay men, right? So I, I've, I'm finding that like older gay men or uh, gay men who've been involved in the community for a really long time, it affects them differently than it affects younger gay men. Uh, for example, so, um, so someone in their 20s, I was talking to someone, and they were frustrated with um, Heath Ledger's character because he wouldn't come out. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to someone else who is uh, an older member of the community, and he was it upset him because it really resonated how with his and his friends' lives as they were growing up. So it's sort of this whole different impact, this whole different this generational gap of of the movement. Yeah, and and in talking about Brokeback Mountain, um, I when I saw that movie, I I don't think those characters represented a desirable um, image of mm-hmm. gay people. Or and this was, uh, movie was specifically gay men, 
Um, I mean, these were two men who were led led most of their life, if not all of it, closeted. Right. Um, uh, terribly frustrated, I think, mm-hmm. because uh, of their be, and be, well, because of the way they were regarded right. by other people, or or the way the gay population was regarded, and so it was not acceptable in in certainly where they were, and and um, they were. Uh, you know, one of them, they they were both eventually married, but essentially they ch- they cheated on their wives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, and 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 if uh, a straight person or a person who's questioning their sexual orientation, uh, you know, goes and sees Brokeback and thinks, oh, this is representative of, of how gay people are or how they should be, then they're missing the point. They're missing. They're not. They're not getting the right point. I believe. And in, instead, what they need to be recognizing is this movie is. is um, a depiction, it's a fictional depiction, of uh, how gay people had to leave in a, live in a sheltered and closeted lifestyle in, in one example. And right. obviously there's, but it, I it also goes all the think, way across you know, the spectrum. But I also think, like I said, like I think that people take from it different things, right? So like for a younger gay person to take away this um, frustration about a, someone not coming out says something to them and says something of the state and, and current affairs and, and, and other things related to that young person's, the young gay person's life. So I think that it's a, a both and there. I think there's a lot of different lessons to be learned there. You're listening to Closet Door for the Clothes. I'm David Meitzler here with Gabe Avier, and we are going to be back in just a moment.
Listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor Closets Offer Close. That was Rainbow Connection. Love that song. Oh, such a. I never heard that version before. It's amazing. That one, that song uh, was nominated for Golden Globe at, for the best original song in 1979. And for it, Kermit the Frog? Yeah, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and and uh, it was described as an unlikely radio hit, uh, r- unlikely radio hit, which Kermit the Frog sings with all the dreamy wistfulness of a short green Judy Garland. Oh, of course. That came from Wikipedia. Nice. Well done. <laughs> well done. So, um, you know, I was just um, helping um, a lesbian couple, friends of mine, celebrate their 11th wedding anniversary. Wow, that is terrific. 11 years. Yeah. And um, and I was talking to them about, you know, they, they never actually had a ceremony, mm. um, a wedding ceremony, but they celebrate... 11 years of being together and mm-hmm. being in each other's lives. And we were talking about um, weddings and getting married. Because I always joke, because one of my, not my favorite movies, but a movie I like to watch often is The Wedding Planner with Jennifer Lopez. Mm. Right, anyway. Because I think I could be a wedding planner, <laughs> honestly. And when I was in college, I was in literally 12 weddings in, in 13 months. It was insane. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. So, um so it got me thinking about weddings, and there's been a lot of news lately about weddings. Um, you know, the in California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor, um, has vowed to veto the gay marriage bill. In Maryland, their Supreme Court struck down um, the the right to marry in Maryland. Okay, the clarification: the gay marriage bill in California is that in favor of or against? So, so the deal was. Um, it was originally voted on in um, 2000, called Proposition 22 in California, was voted on in 2000, and it passed, and that was against gay marriage. Mm. Okay. And then um, recently in 04, and again now in 07, um, the state, California State um, Congress, their Senate, took it up and they voted to move the bill forward to approve gay marriage hmm. um, and marriage, straight up marriage. Um, and they, and Schwarzenegger has, has vowed to, to veto it. And it's really interesting because, um, California, you know, you think of this really, you know, liberal place, right? And so, so let's listen to this clip real quick. This is what, um, the governor had to say. This is CBS News on Logo. I'm Jason Bellini. California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger announced Wednesday that he will veto a bill that would have made California the second state to legalize same-sex marriage and the first to do so through its legislature rather than the court. Schwarzenegger said the legislation, given final approval Tuesday by lawmakers, is in direct conflict with what voters want. The governor says he will not only veto this bill, but any gay marriage bill that is put on his desk. Here's more now from John Lobertini from our CBS station, KPIX, in Sacramento. There's growing evidence same-sex marriage will again be left at the altar. During a news conference on health care reform, 
Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger gave every indication he plans to veto a proposal passed by the legislature 10 days ago. Uh, they can send that bill down as many times as they want, they won't do it. Won't do it even when it appears voters might be in favor of legalizing same-sex marriage. Just before Proposition 22 was passed in a landslide in 2000, a poll of likely voters showed Californians opposed to gay marriage by a 55 to 38 percent margin. But by June of 2006, the question had become a dead heat, opposition winning out by just two points, 48 to 46 percent. It would be wrong for the people to uh, vote for something and for me to then overturn it. Politically, a stand in support of gay marriage probably wouldn't hurt Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. But his party, the Republican Party, and its candidates could take a huge hit in future elections. Whenever the people vote on something, in this case Proposition 22, um, then it ought to be the people that have, should have a choice to vote on it again and to change their mind. And in Maryland, the Court of Appeals upheld the state law banning same-sex marriage crushing the hopes of gay couples in that state to get married anytime soon. Attorneys for nine same-sex couples had argued that the van violates the Maryland Constitution Equal Rights Amendment, which protects against sexual discrimination. In a 4-3 decision, the Court of Appeals rejected the argument. The gay community in Russia has been taking on a government and a church hostile to homosexuality. So that's what's been going on around the country. So that's both this week, both, you know, blows to gay marriage and, and marriage rights in the nation. Um, do you want to get married? Not to me, but in the <laughs> um, Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Well, I was growing up, and before I was uh, even really... Uh, even really uh, had a good concept of what gay was, I was kind of envisioning the idea of a wedding at church mm -hmm. and um, and kind of imagining what I'd like the music to be. And, and just, I didn't really have a vision of who my spouse would be, but I had a vision of the ceremony. Mm -hmm. and, and so the question is, why, why would I want a ceremony? What, what is good about a ceremony? Well, I mean, it's it's a celebration, right? And it is a of a partnership of a union, and it's an affirmation, mm -hmm. and it's and it's an and it's a it's a, it's an affirmation under the view of God and those your family and your friends and, and the community right? and the community around you. Uh, I don't I don't care at all about really a, a, a legal piece of paper. That's it. Doesn't that doesn't really carry any weight with me. I'm more interested in in the understanding hmm. of marriage and and the um, the agreement be between one uh, between two people to be with each other to be devoted to each other and that's sort of what marriage represents. But to don't me. you think it's both? Like that piece of paper. It, it is. Well, it is both because yeah. um, that piece of paper does right. afford people thousands of rights. It, anyway. You're absolutely right, and uh, and and in ways of uh, taxes and in ways of uh, benefits, uh, benefits, uh, hospitalization, rights. everything. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. And um, so that piece of paper, that legalization of it, is also very important. Um, so now, years later, do I still want to get married? I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how yeah, it I would. I don't know either. And I don't know if maybe that's because the battle has been is so tired. Mm, mm -hmm. We've been. This has been a fight going on a long time. You and know, it's I getting think, it's getting more fierce. I think. I think part of it for me is that I don't know if I want to get married, but I know I don't want anyone telling me I can't. 
That's a good point, yeah. So I don't want some random voter out. Okay, so I don't want some random person, Joe Schmo, to have to give me permission to to for me to visit my partner in the mm-hmm. hospital if he gets sick, right? Um, something interesting I was reading um, and, and looking up is that in um, in September first, two thousand two, the New York Times wedding section changed its headlines from wedding section to weddings and celebrations, mm. and it published its first same sex wedding. Mm-hmm. And understand that a, a wedding or a marriage is not the same thing as a civil union. No, no, mm-hmm. it's not. A civil union is a watered down version and. And, because uh, civil unions are illegal in California, yeah. but marriages are not. And some people argue that it's a, a matter of semantics. Like, what if we did civil unions full of affordable rights of, of marriage? We'll call a duck a duck. Then isn't that marriage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, what if what if the civil union is a necessary first step? Sure, we're easing. We're mm-hmm. easing a certain percentage of the population right now, according to what the news article quote i think that was from logo television mm-hmm. uh 50 initially it was 55 to 38 in california right, and then it right changed to 48 to 46 and it's kind of a fickle public too they they the sure. publics mm-hmm. uh in these in these polls with, where you don't really know the sources or 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 the dynamics of it but the the public kind of sways back and forth and i wonder what would schwarzenegger's answers and response have been had he been running for election Right, or if if um, his party, the Republican Party, nationally wasn't in seemingly some some trouble in the next election mm-hmm. cycle, and I and I really hate the idea of it being a party political issue because there, oh, it totally there, there is, are though. plenty. Well, uh, but there are there are Republicans who are in favor of gay marriage. Mm. They're not as well, <laughs> yeah, and the scene. There may be some you, you hesitate because you know that, that's true. They're not very obvious and not very vocal, and uh, they are they are not um, they are not going to necessarily put that forth, I, when, I especially during a voting year. Sure, I would say that there's some maybe, in, in but there are so. Democrats who are against it. All right, right so but I think there are really less Democrats. Issue. I think it's totally a party issue. I, I totally think it's a party issue. I think when George W. Bush was running for a second term, he used gay marriage as a wedge issue because yeah. he knew it was divisive. All right. And sorry. maybe for clarification, <laughs> well, no, maybe for clarification, it should not be because the, by defin by definition, there are there are both sides, and not they're not just two parties either. No, and from all mm-hmm. the from all the political parties out there, there are people who weigh in in all different. Uh, sides of the issue, right? So it has be it became a political wedge device, and 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 unfortunately, the the public gets easily swayed and distracted, and they think then that's what they I ought to vote beca- on. I, I okay, so I would agree with it. It became a political wedge device, but I think it's because the Republicans used it as a republic mm-hmm. as a wedge device, as strategy, yeah, a strategy. So so you know we're being used. You know our lives are being used. Go figure. We're, no. yeah, we're, we're, well, we're, we become poster children, and and then it, and but you know what? By doing this, they 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 create more discussion about it. They do, and more, and and now you know, is it going to be a federal or a state issue? And then we're seeing it. The, we're seeing the battleground right now on the local level and then the state level. Absolutely. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we just talked about the first Democratic, um, you know, LGBT forum for um, potential presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. You know, that's significant, right? Um, so, so I basically, hope you know, keep your laws off my relationship. I nah. think that's, that's really how it ought to be. Keep your rosaries off my ovaries. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> well, I, that's a whole different deal, right? <laughs> and so, 
so it's you know I was looking at you know the New York Times now even as recent as you know two days ago there were two um, there was a same sex couple um, two men um, announcing their celebration in the New York Times mm-hmm. um, and I was looking through um, Glad which is the gay lesbian um, alliance against, against defamation yeah against yeah. definition defamation um, keeps this comprehensive list of of news papers that publish same-sex wedding and celebration announcements. Ann Arbor, what do you think? I'm going to, well, I'm going to say that Ann Arbor would probably announce civil unions. Okay, so yes, they do. Okay. Okay. Detroit? Detroit, I'm going to say that they would announce civil unions. They do not. They do not, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Ann Arbor, yes, they do, and Detroit does not. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. I think I don't know what the makeup of their editorial board is. I don't know what they're, you know, trying to say mm-hmm. in terms of. I don't know if maybe this hasn't come up or, you know. Well, does it come down to being liberal and conservative again? I, you know, unfor- it, it probably because there are conservative people who are in favor of gay right. marriage. Right, right. and so I think you're we- right. I think what you're getting at is that it's not black and white. Yeah. This two party system doesn't and work, and I totally right. agree. I totally agree. And I think that, you know, those numbers, going back to the California numbers before Prop 22 and then now, I think it shows that, like you said, the public is easily swayed. And if they're given an option of of just two options, right? So, um, you know, because I do work at the university, this other thing caught my eye. And it's from this um, this uh, website called Inside Higher Education, Inside Higher Ed. And the headline is, a gay president says, I do. And the president of Hampshire College um, recently um, announced, which is in Amherst, um, Massachusetts, um, recently announced that he had um, married his partner of 27 years, um, which is, uh, I think it's pretty unheard of, like for a president of a college um, to just come out and say, you know, hey, I'm gay, I've married my partner, mm-hmm. you know, because if you think of like the presidential duties or like what, like, um, I know lots of presidents' spouses get faculty positions, you know, stuff like that. Like that. What's really, the response to him saying that? Um, it's been positive. You know, they've been saying like, you know, on September 1st, we said our vows and um, I hope that people recognize their relationship um, as they do any relationship with presidential spouse. Um, and it's not like um, his partner is, mm-hmm. is a bum himself. He's a he's a, um, a, a classicist. He's a scholar mm-hmm. as well. So I think that it's, you know, personally in the field of higher education, I feel like it's really significant. Yeah. And but also their relationship stood as it was and they were committed to each other and uh, for all intent and purposes they were a union right before they got married mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't need the marriage uh, or uh, yeah the marriage to necessarily be recognized mm-hmm. for them to be true to themselves and to each other so when I mean you, you know we would like to have the laws set up to be supportive of us. However, we cannot allow them to marginalize us when they are behind the times. Well, I I agree. But I still think that it's sort of like, you know, if we can't protect ourselves, then what use is us hugging all the time? You know, that sort of thing. And that's sort of a, that's, you know, boiling your argument down a little bit too much. But so say um, these two 
the the gay president and his partner, right? So they had this union with each other, and they're solid in their relationship. If they're not protected when they go to the hospital or to adopt or to even to do taxes, like, you know, what? It's almost like what good is it? Yeah, we well, we have to certainly work in a world uh, where we have to pay taxes, where we want to go to see a, a, someone injured in the hospital, mm-hmm. and where we want to mm-hmm. have benefits after uh, someone dies, and so that's where the laws are really important. But you know, again, I'm just, I'm just saying that the law doesn't make the relationship. No, 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 and I don't think the law makes the relationship either. Yeah. But I, I'll, but the flip side of that is that the law should serve to protect the relationship. Yeah. Um, in you know some way. Well, I hope we get to that point. I hope so too. So, do you want to get married at some point? Um, to you? No, not (laughs) to me so much. (laughs) Um, you know, I hardly know you. I know, right? (laughs) Well, uh, and so I think the answer is yes. Mm. Probably at one point, I do think it would be outside or in a church or where it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's important for me to have it in the church. What kind of dress are you going to wear? Um, it'll probably well, well, certainly wouldn't be white. Um, it'd have to be some sort of cream. Oh. Um, so, oh, but one more thing about this, uh, this Hampshire college president, I, I wanted to check and see if Hampshire college is really, um, b- you know, where the rubber hit the road. And I mm-hmm. checked the presidential biography mm-hmm. to see if they say he has a partner or if he just leaves that part out. And it says president Hexter, his partner of 27 years, Manfred Comer and their several animals live in Hampshire college president's residence in Hammerst, Massachusetts. Good for them. Good for them, and good for Hampshire College. So yeah, the marriage debate continues. It will, and it's gonna it's gonna be more feisty as we get more and closer to uh, November of 2008. And we'll we'll stay on top of it here. We will. We're gonna be here. Close. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbncloisets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their license sees the regions of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else.